Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We have made it to Parsha's Lechlecha, to one of my favorite, if not favorite character in all of Tanakh, especially in Chumash or Chumash. So we've come to the story of Avraham. Of course, he doesn't start as Avraham. The hay is added to his name later. As Avraham talks about, the commentators, the explanatories explain, the explanations explain that maybe Hashem was showing Avraham that he has to change his name to change his mazel, to change his fortune. We don't believe in fortune. We believe in everything is from Hashem. But there is a concept of shinoi makum, shinoi mazel, shinoi Et Hashem, Shinoi et Hamazel. You know, a lot of times we should never know from such things. If someone is sick, they add a name, they change a name. They they might say the name Rafael for Rafuo. They might add Chaim for life. But in general, Avraham becomes Avraham later in the stories where we meet him. But, Miman of Shach, regardless, we meet Avraham, and the character of Avraham is fascinating. You know, the Medrash tells us that at the age of three, which is fascinating because my son was three only a year or so ago, to think that a kid at age of three could do this, looked up at the Shemaim, realized that there was something big going on, realized there was a force much greater than everything else, and he goes into his father's store, destroys all the idols, the father comes in, is furious that his store is destroyed, and he says, why are you upset? This idol did it to this idol, and the father says, fool, don't you see? The idols can't do that. And then Avram supposedly responds, so if they can't even destroy each other idols, why do you pray to them? Why do you believe they have power or anything like that? So that was a pretty good response for three or whatever. Even if he was older, still fascinating. Avraham is considered as the Ivri. Why? And then later on throughout history, people say Ivri Anochi, like the, the Benny Friedman song, Lahavdil Lahavdil, as Yonah points out in Sefer Yonah, Ivri. What's Ivri? Ivri is Ivri Anochi. Me'ever Hanahar Anochi. He was on the opposite side of the river. The entire world believed in polytheism, in polytheistic thought, that there's multiple gods, many gods to pray to, to believe that they have powers, God forbid. Chas v'shom, even Mitzrayim, the Egyptians believed that the Nile was a god, and there was a sun god, and a this and this. That's why um, one of the commentators point out when Moshe is pleading for Bnei Israel's life, you know, and he says, why do you take them out to die in the Midbar by the idea of Ra, and blood, because Moshe might have been referencing the idea that the Mitzvah would have said, ah, the power, Ra, God forbid, God forbid, had the, had the power, and, and look, the Jews didn't make it. Please, don't do this, don't let the, we say it in, uh, in the fast day laning, I believe, you know, he talks about Vayecha, Vayecha Moshe as Pnei Hashem Yomer, Lama Yecha Rab, Lecha Bemecha, Sherot Yitzchem Eretzvay Meyagod, Lamo, Yemero Mitzrayim Leymar, Be'ra'ah, Hotziyam, Laharog, Osam, Be'arim, Olechalosam, Me'al, Pnei Adamah. So in that Pasuk, in that phrase, Moshe is referencing the idea of Ra'ah. Why would you bring them out with Ra? So Avraham, we come back to Avram. Avram is the, Aver is the 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 Ivri on the Aver Hanahar. He's against the whole world. Avram's such a strength of character, and we know that his son Yitzchak is really about Gevura, standing up at the Akeda. But Avram himself had. had a tremendous ability to stand up against the whole world. And supposedly, we don't know the numbers, obviously, but Avraham was able to convert thousands of people. And, and Sarah, the, the woman, they say, 
Uh, when Avram has to leave to Canaan, when he has to leave for the famine, he goes to Mitzrayim and back. So what is the nefesh or the nefesh? Every soul Avram and Sor was able to convert. They say that Avram would sit people down and he would say, you know, give me, let me give you a little bit to eat. Of course, when the malachim disguised as men come, he says, let me give you ma'at ochel, a little bit to eat, a little bit to eat. Really, he gives them a tremendous amount to eat. And that's where the Perkeavos comes in, teaches us some more ma'at harbe. You know, say a little, but do a lot. Be like an Avraham. Yeah, you say you'll sign up for a meal. Don't just give him one piece of chicken and three pieces of potatoes. That's not an Abrahamitic philosophy. You give him a lot. Yes, you sign up and say, yeah, I'll give a little chicken. But when we when we give food, when I cook and give people food, I like to give a fully enclosed situation. I like to give them the utensils that they don't have to worry. How am I going to feed? Literally, the bags that come to your door, it's ready to roll. And if we're really good, it's ready hot and they can use it. And if they have to reheat it, then at least they have the plates and the forks and the spoons and the cups and the napkins. I like to give them a seltzer or water. If we really know in advance we're cooking, I like to give them a, a fruit platter and then I like to give them a main and sides and I like it to be a fully encompassed meal because we want to live up to the idea of an Abrahamic philosophy that Avraham is not just someone who's a Baishan not just someone who's a Lamdan not just someone that's a Chesed person and someone who's humble someone who's embarrassed and humble and generous of spirit Pekelis points out to us as opposed to Bilam, which is a whole interesting idea why Avraham is compared to Bilam, but really Avraham, we think about, you have to be the person that's giving, you have to be the person that gives over. And a lot of times in life, we may be the one that's on the Aver Hanahar. Avraham was against the entire world, but somehow with his life partner, Sarah, he was able to stand up and knock them all down. He was able to stand his ground. Sometimes we might be the only sane person in an institution. We might be the only sane person in the whole state, in the whole country, in the whole world. But we have to learn from Avraham to be that Aver Hanahar, the person against the water, going against the grain of what's people, what the people are doing in the world. We have to be against the grain. We have to be standing up for our principles, for our philosophies, for what we believe in. A lot of times I think about how I'm the only Jewish religious male in my school. The past few years I was working in a school in Jamaica, in in Queens, and even though there are two other religious people in the school, they are both ladies. One is not a teacher and one is not a teacher either. I'm not a teacher, I'm an OT, an occupational therapist. I'm the only guy walking around with the tzitzes, I tuck him in, and with the kippah, I wear it inside, not outside, for, for safety purposes. I am the one that's standing up, the only noticeably religious person in the whole school. And when I'm walking on the train, I'm the only noticeably, well, you can't tell on the train, but in the school, if parents come in, I'm going to different classes, I'm the only fully noticeable person as a Jewish person, and I have to be the ambassador to the Jewish people. Oh, why don't you ask, uh, ask Tani, the OT, he's a religious Jewish guy, he would know. And they say, I don't understand what the holiday of the hut is, i got to explain as the ambassador. I'm the only one in the entire school. You might be the only Jewish person in your entire organization. You might be the only religious person in your entire organization, in your whole neighborhood, in your whole situation. You might be the only one. You have to be like an Avraham, someone who's an Avraham Nahar. You have to stand up for your principles, for your beliefs. 
you have to be the one that stands up. Avraham teaches us not only to be a chesed-oriented person, which is its own wonderful thing to think about, he teaches us to go against the grain. He is the one that stood up. He destroyed all the idols in his father's shop. He was the only one to stand up to Nimrod. Nimrod was an evil ruler. He believed in himself. He believed in many gods. And Avraham stood up against that. And, and, and he said, I'm going to throw you in the burning fire and the furnace. That's why it's only referenced. It's always interesting why the story is not fully taught, talked about in the Torah. It's only brought up in the Medrash. How Avraham was thrown into the fire and he emerged unscathed. He wasn't hurt at all. Chor, his brother, was so... Um, so inspired, he jumped in after him. You know, he said, if Avram wins, I'll be on Avram's side. If Nimrod wins, I'll be on Nimrod's side. So he was a little bit wishy-washy, they say. He jumped in afterwards. He did not make it. That's why, where was Lot's father? Where was, where was, uh, Nahor, Haran, I believe. Sorry, I, the names are escaping me right now. Haran, Haran. Whatever Avram's brother's name, Lot's father, I, it escapes me right now. I apologize. Why was Lot with Avram? Where was his father? Because his father jumped in after Avram, but he didn't have the same tenacity of spirit. He didn't have the same belief, the same founding ideology, and he didn't make it. So Lot became pretty much Avram's adopted son for a while, although they had a very big parting of ways. Lot's shepherds went towards with him one way, Avram went another way. Lot went towards Sodom with the big fallout. But on some level, Rabbi Foreman points out, and other people point out, maybe Lot was the one that Avram thought would be inheriting him. But Hashem says no, he will not inherit you. A person that comes from your own biology, your own child, your own flesh and blood, your own son, he will inherit you and you won't have him yet. Later on you'll have him. But Lot is not going to inherit you. Lot's ideology doesn't work. His ideology doesn't fit. It's not in line with the Abrahamic way, the Abrahamitic way, really. It's not in line. He's someone that runs after the most lush, fertile land. That's not what Avram won. Avram walked the breadth of the land. Hashem says, look around. This is the land that your children will have. What do you think the land looked like? It wasn't Mesopotamia. We don't know exactly where Mesopotamia was, but probably near Israel. But Israel, you know, for many years before the Jewish people came back in 48, you know, Mark Twain, Lahavdal even writes about how it was desolate. It was barren. This, this, this country is what's promised to the Jews. It has nothing going for it. It can't produce nothing. But David Begurim had a dream, Lahavdil. People had a dream to make the desert bloom, and that's what happened over the years. The Jewish people made, when they came back to the land, the land became green again. Because in the land, the, in the hand of the Jews, who it rightfully belongs to, the whole Eretz Yisrael, that is when it will green, be green. But at the time of Avram, we don't know what the land looked like, but that's where he went. But Lot wanted to go just where it was materialistic, and that was not in line with the Abrahamic way. So the idea is. Sometimes we stand up, even if it's a family member, even if it's a friend, even if it's a coworker, that's totally against us. We have to stand our ground against the grain. The whole world might be in madness. The whole world might be crazy. They might, they might look nuts, and they might issue decrees and mandates and this and that. It might seem like insanity. We stand our ground. We know our principles. We know our truth. We know what's the right way. We know it's the proper way. Make sure to go against the grain. Avraham was a person who was strong against the grain. He was majorly into chesed. Emir Hashem will talk more about him. We have two more weeks with him. Baruch Hashem, Emir Hashem to talk about him. But at least this time to remember to think about going against the grain. 
Think about I have to stand up for your principles even against your own dad. He had to stand up even against his own dad, and his dad had to come with him to Canaan. That must have been very interesting. Avram left his birthplace, left his homeland, left his country, left what he was used to, what he was comfortable with. He had to go against the grain of his own inner workings because he followed what Hashem wanted. And he was tested time and again, ten nisyonos, ten trials, culminating with Akedas Yitzchak. He had to go against the grain of his own personality. How difficult nowadays to go against our own grain, to be flexible and to think about, you know, even to think about where we're supposed to live in Israel, we should all be zocha to live there, but it's very difficult to uproot yourself from your community, from your family, from your house, from your neighborhood, from what you've known for years, what you're comfortable with. Avram should also teach us, inspire us. He literally left everything. You know, it says, Lech Lecha. You know, Melodita, uh, the Eretz, why does he use all these words, Hashem, to Avram? Because he realized it was difficult for Avram to leave family, to leave the land, to leave the neighborhood, to leave the community, to leave the house. And they don't have cars back then, but to leave whatever they had is very difficult. Is very tough. Sometimes it's difficult. And Aliyah, of course, is very difficult. Everyone has to make their own decisions, but it's a beautiful, beautiful mitzvah. We should all be Zochem. Avram himself had to go against the grain for that too. And standing up for his principles, for his beliefs, Avram went against the world. Aver, he's the Ivri, the real first Ivri. Avram was the Ivri, and he's blessed by Avimelech, uh, I believe, or whatever his name is. He is really a prince of Hashem. And what a better title can you have in life than to be a prince of Hashem? Really a king in his own right, Avraham was. So we need to think about going against the grain in life. Whoever might come against us, especially the, the enemies of the Jews, we have to stand forth to our principles. There's a whole David project, which is a beautiful thing. They trained us in Israel a little bit to stand up, even when there's anti-Semitism on campus, even when there's people talking against us on campus, on college campuses, there's a real breeding ground, especially there's very liberal-minded people on college campuses and graduate schools and universities. Very difficult to stand your ground, but Avram teaches us, puts it in our spiritual DNA to go against the grain, to realize what is in ourselves. We have to be that the the Baishan, and we have to be embarrassed. We have to be someone who's humble. We have to be someone who's giving, very generous of spirit. The Gemara points out if you don't have these traits, we worry if you're really Jewish at all. You got to have all these traits, and you have to be able to stand strong against the grain of those around you. Avram teaches us to take himself and his wife, who were barren for many, many years. They didn't have children for a long time. Avram didn't have children until way, way on in years. We know he had uh, Yitzchak at about at 100 and Sarah at 90, and he had you know, Yishmael 13 years before that. He was in his 80s already. So how many years if he met Sarah when he was how old? Who knows, 20, 30? And, and in the olden days, they got married maybe... 14, 15, 16, 18, because the Perkei Elvis Mishnah teaches us Ben Shmona Esrei Lechopa, 18 to Chopa, in the olden days, even earlier than that. So they could have been married easy, 50, 60 years with no children. Could have been very easy to be upset, despondent, frustrated, angry at Hashem, but Avram was opposite. Avram was very much you know, happy to have people involved in chesed, involved in doing things, even if a difficult situation was there. And finally, he was blessed with children, and Sarah was blessed with a child. But 
to go against their grain was something that was ingrained in them. And we too have to go stand our ground, especially as Jewish people, religious people, Orthodox people, to make sure to stand our ground, go against the grain, especially when we're challenged in our lives. Join us next time as we continue, God willing, talking about Avram and these wonderful parshiot on the TTP, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.